Hi everyone, I am Fernanda and this is a bonus episode of Polycurious. A couple of months ago, we were interviewed by Ali Herrera from the Bushwick Daily for a feature article, and this is an edited version of that conversation. So for the first time, you will hear Mariah and I being interviewed as opposed to the other way around. In this bonus episode, we also make a very important announcement, which is that we are releasing a second season in February next year. I am in Mexico at the moment, where I am originally from, but as soon as I get back in January, I will start working on our second season, which I am super excited about. So in this conversation, we talk a bit about what to expect next season, about the inspiration behind the first one. We also dive into the differences and similarities between monogamous and non-monogamous relationships. We talk about boundaries and about what listeners will gain by listening to Polycurious. You can read the article this interview was for by following the link in the show notes or by following us on Instagram at Polycurious Podcast and following the link in bio. So here's our interview with Ali Herrera from The Bushwick Daily. I'm very excited to be talking about Polycurious, uh, but before uh, I ask any other questions, Poly takes many shapes, it takes many forms, dynamics. So what does that word poly mean essentially in regards to being polycurious? Well, um, you know, if we actually think about it in like technical terms, uh, the podcast maybe should have been called uh, non-monogamous curious or something <laughs> like that, you know, because um, it really explores all types of right. non-monogamy, right? So poly by itself, it just means many, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think. So, you know, there's like polyamory and there is non-monogamy more generally. And polyamory is more like uh, romantic relationships, you know, having more than one romantic relationship, which is different than uh, just having like some sort of like swinger situation or whatever other type of relationship that you have that you know, might be more sexual and not as romantic as like being polyamorous, right? Okay. Yeah, and I want to add to that rather than romantic as being a word, it's really more of an emotional connection as well. Because a lot of times you can have romance in a, you know, open or non-monogamous structure with a third person. Um, but really it's that emotional commitment that you have that you build when you're in a polyamorous relationship with multiple people. Right, and, and again, that's why I like the term non-monogamy better because not everyone's involved in that sort of arrangement in which there's some sort of emotional connection, you know. And obviously those lines are blurry and, and that's why I think that just saying I'm non-monogamous is, you know, more accurate term for whoever is with more than one person. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's important to clarify that um, because when I first heard about polycurious like my mind immediately went to polyamory and then when I started listening to it um and I'm like the, the third episode in I began to realize that it talks about you know the 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 different branches of, of, of having that kind of poly lifestyle and so you know I would like to know how you to approach this topic that is so vast how was the process of um, interviewing these people who have a ton to share and 
condensing that into a series of episodes. How has that process been for you? Well, I mean, it all started when I was already having these sort of conversations with my friends who were in non-monogamous relationships. So it didn't come from like an abstract idea of, oh, this is an interesting topic. I'm going to explore it. It was more like, oh, I'm already exploring this topic. I'm already having these conversations and I find them so interesting. And I think that people would really benefit from, you know, learning about different types of relationships and relationship structures, not because I'm an advocate for following that. I think that a lot of people are more comfortable with monogamy and that's okay. But I think that there's a lot of stigma and a lot of misinformation about this type of relationships. And I just wanted people to know that there's a way to do it ethically. There are many ways of doing relationships and non-monogamy works for many people. All right. Yeah, and I think that with those conversations, I feel the same exact way. I loved having, I always love having these conversations and always did, even when I first started, because that was one way that I found myself to be able to begin navigating it and understand what it meant for me was by having conversations with people. And the more I had conversations, the more I learned how much variety there is out there and that there is no one way that it works for each couple or each individual. Um, so going off of that, I was wondering if you could like elaborate a little bit more on the structuring of the podcast of the first season um, in regards to like, is it a logical progression that you think would um, help the listeners navigate in the ways that you have through your experiences? Yeah, I think that... Um you know, at first it was like, okay, I'm going to interview the people that I know that are in these sort of relationships and, you know, maybe a couple of experts. But once I started interviewing and like deciding, okay, this episode is going to go first or second, um, there's definitely some sort of progression. Like we start um, with an episode of just the two of us, which is like to introduce us. And we talk about you know, the stigma around non-monogamy, which is kind of like what the podcast is trying to break. And then uh, from that, we talk to a relationship expert that, you know, explains how depending on your personality, there are different types of relationships that work for you. So kind of like opening up people's minds to the idea that there are many types of relationships, even if they don't decide to pursue non-monogamy. After that, it became more involved in, in the sense that like I, I, we started interviewing more couples that were deeper in their non-monogamous journey to show examples of how that could look like. But then towards the end, we also wanted to question, right? Like, you know, we've shown all these positive examples. And even though we do talk about the challenges, we also wanted people to know that not everyone has a good time with it. And, and we interviewed someone who who was having doubts and had just come out from like a five-year-long journey in non-monogamy and had decided that, you know, he was not sure that that was for him. So, uh, yeah, there was definitely some sort of like reasoning behind the progression. And then um, we ended, uh, well, first with uh, an episode with my partner, because I felt like after having so many people opening up to me and to the audience, I felt like I needed to do the same. And also we have a very unique relationship in the sense that so far I am the only one practicing non-monogamy and he hasn't chosen to do that 
yet. And then we ended once more with Mariah, who was at a very different point from the first episode, which was re had been recorded like a year before we, we recorded the last episode, kind of to show how a journey can go in like a million different directions and like what happened, you know, from that first episode to the, to the last one. Yeah, and it kind of happened naturally, which was interesting of that progression of this kind of arc of everyone towards the beginning of the season was very like positive and like very uplifting and explorative and all these things, which was great. And then we kind of like hit a point where it's like, okay, well, these are like the issues we were going through and this is what I'm working through now. And I don't know if polyamory is right for me. But then as we ended, yeah, with my episode of I had broken up with my primary at the time to date, uh, to become primaries with my secondary at the time. And like my whole world had kind of changed and I was kind of like feeling really burnt out from polyamory at the time too. So I think there was a lot to contribute to that. I think it is the ebb and flow of how relationships can go in general, not only in poly or not monogamy, but also in normal monogamous relationships. You know, there's always ebb and flow. There are definitely the, the parallels between non-monogamous and monogamous relationships. And I think that's something that, you know, listeners, you know, would appreciate hearing about. So maybe if you two could speak more on like the parallels that you found or maybe you were surprised about um, in regards to these two different types of relationships. I don't think that I would say that I'm really surprised by anything because I guess living in this kind of non-monogamous world, it just, you associate it to kind of like the previous life that you had when you were monogamous, right? And it's like, oh, actually I did go through that with someone else, even though it was monogamous. Um, so I think it kind of comes up naturally, but at the same time, I think one of the biggest distinctions, I don't know where I heard it or read it, but a lot of times the question that I get is, like, why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you causing yourself so much more trouble and pain or, you know, hardship? And I had read that, you know, it's really not, it doesn't create more problems. It just causes unique problems that people aren't used to solving. So I think that that is the biggest parallel is there are problems in every relationship. There are fights in every relationship, you know, and I think that it's important to kind of remember that when you are trying to work through some of the harder things that are very unique and that's just because the support necessarily isn't there. And um, that's what we're hoping to help with. Yeah. And I think that one thing that I found is that in non-monogamous relationships, it was very common for one person in their relationship to want one thing when it came to being open and the other person to want a different thing. So one person wanted to have threesomes and the other person wanted to date independently. And that can also translate to regular relationships, right? It can just be like one person wants to go out all the time and the other person wants to stay in or... One person thinks that it's okay for them to do something and the other person says like, no, I don't like when you do that, you know? It's just acknowledging the fact that we are all different and we all have different needs, whether that those needs are in relationships or, or it's like what we're going to eat, where we're going to travel or bigger decisions in life. It's normal for relationships to, to have those conflicts. Um, I must say that one big difference between non-monogamy and monogamous relationships is that simply because you have more people 
normally that you are relating with, that's going to bring not necessarily more issues, but it's going to bring more responsibility and it's going to bring more energy and time commitment. So I would say that that's a big factor that does not necessarily affect your you know, primary relationship if you have that sort of like structure. But, you know, for example, for me, my relationship with my primary partner has been healthy and has been good, but having other partners or having other people that I need to respond to, attend to, spend my energy on has been wonderful, but also added energy and labor. So it is more work than a regular relationship. It does not mean that more work is, you know, more suffering. It might mean, mean that more work is more fulfillment in your life. It's just more relationships to deal with, you know? For sure. <clears throat> Could you, like, both of you elaborate more on the idea of boundaries and consent? I know that... um you know, it's something that's brought up repeatedly on the podcast because, you know, it's such a huge part of poly relationships of any kinds. But, you know, I was hoping to just ask you directly here, like, just to elaborate a bit on your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that boundaries is actually something that I'm still kind of figuring out because I have a hard time with the idea of rules, really. Um I guess the way that I look at boundaries is what is the agreement between these two people or these three people or 10? <laughs> sure, <laughs> <Whatever. yeah. laughs> uh, what is the agreement there where it's going to, we can try to make everyone feel the most comfortable. Um, and just because I would prefer to do more, I agree that at this time I am okay with, you know, not having those types of freedoms or not having that type of structure. Yeah, I think boundaries have to do with considering your other partner and what they are comfortable with and what you are comfortable with. And the boundary is going to be somewhere in the middle, right? So it, it does require some compromise. And also another important thing that I think that people should remember is that boundaries are not fixed they change all the time in a healthy relationship they change all the time because we change all the time and because often we think that we might be okay with something and then we realize we're not or the other way around we we think that we might not be okay with something and then actually this is not so bad so let's change that boundary so uh, in my relationship that's the way it has been like we have progressively opened up our relationship and just like Mariah feels sometimes that she's maybe not doing all that she wants because of her partner. I also felt that way and, you know, maybe sometimes still feel that way, but that changed. So yeah, it's, it's constantly evolving. One of the things that I loved about the podcast was just like, um, you know, just reminding people that this podcast is not to um, go against monogamy, but more so that, many people don't really question whether or not monogamy works for them, right? And they just abide by what is, you know, normative, right, in society. Um, so what questions are you hoping to inspire in your readers that they can begin a journey for themselves if they feel comfortable enough to take it on? Um, well, I think that 
first of all, obviously thinking, you know, would I be comfortable being with more than one person? And I think that this is something that we're starting to ask uh, as a society as well, because even if you have not heard of the term polyamory or non-monogamy, you might have cheated or you might have been cheated by someone or you might have you know, gotten divorced and, and, and someone invites you to a play party and you want to explore. And these are things that weren't happening before because before contraception, women, you know, if they were having sex with multiple men, they would have children from multiple men and that could be problematic. Um, also, women weren't working, so they couldn't, you know, sustain them, themselves without needing a man who's probably not going to be fine with them sleeping with other people, right? So I think that as a society, we're all asking this question, right? So um, do I want to be with more than one person? If so, in what ways? Does my partner want to be with more than one person? Would he or she or they be open to this? Okay, I would be okay with a kiss, with only kissing, or I would be okay with like a sexual relationship, but not a romantic one. Or I'm only okay, a lot of men, um, which, you know, has to do with gender roles and it's not necessarily right. It simply is what it is. A, a lot of men are okay with their girlfriends being with other women, but not with other men, right? That's like really common. And the girlfriends might be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm fine with being with other women. This is fun. I don't need to be with other men. And that's, you know, that's a possibility. Uh, or maybe the other way around, you know, I would like to see, um, you know, a situation in which women are like, okay, well, to the men, okay, you can only be <laughs> with men. <laughs> I mean, who knows? All I'm, all I'm trying to say is that there are many ways to do it. And I think that when people put it in black and white, like either full-on polyamory or a monogamous relationship, that's when issues start arising in the relationship. Most people have had a desire for someone else and whether they decide to act or not on that desire is their choice. I'm not saying they should, but I, sh I think that they should know that there's a way to do what they want ethically and figure out what that looks like, which is different depending on the person and their relationship, you know? Yeah. And I think the third thing to kind of ask yourself too, if, if you're curious is, am I comfortable with now having to consider another person as well? And like having them not, not at all dictate your relationship, but it is going to make changes to the way that you see your relationship. You know, am I comfortable with that uh, considering another person? So for our readers at the Bushwick Daily, what would you like to, to let them know? What can they look forward to with the second season of the podcast? Is it going to be a progression from the first series? Yeah, I think in a way um, it's going to be a progression, but the other way around <laughs> in the sense that um, at least my goal, it depends on the type of guests we can get, but my goal is to have more polycurious people. So, so more people who aren't as deep in their journey, but who have just begun and are just exploring. Because I think the majority of people more than being non-monogamous are polycurious, which is where the title of the podcast came from. So that's definitely something that I'm looking for in terms of booking guests. So if anyone out there feels like they're a good fit, let me know, reach out. Amazing. Um, 
for closing statements, is there anything you'd like to say to our readers to kind of just inspire them to, you know, in, if they are curious or, or even if they're not and there's just a possibility of becoming curious to take the initiative and to listen to Polycurious? Yeah, I think that um, if you listen to Polycurious, it will help you in your relationship, whether you are in a monogamous relationship or a non-monogamous relationship. A lot of our listeners are actually monogamous, but it just kind of opens up the conversation around relationship structures, relationship issues, communication, vulnerability. So I think that anyone can benefit from it. If you happen to be polycurious, it can start giving you an idea of how that could perhaps look like or or simply break the stigma that that might be wrong or or maybe the other way around maybe it might make you realize that that isn't for you and that's okay too but for sure you'll find interesting insightful conversations that you haven't heard before yeah and i think that people can look forward to also not being pushed in any specific direction we try very hard to Make sure that everyone understands that this is your journey. It's going to look different for you. We have these little windows into other people just for reference, but that doesn't mean that one way fits all people or all relationships. Um, and I think that they can just look forward to, you know, kind of being part of a conversation they might not be able to have right now, you know. Not a lot of people are comfortable having these conversations or don't know who to talk to about them or how to start those conversations or where to go. Um, so we go through a lot of resources throughout the episodes as well, some books that we recommend, other podcasts, I believe, and um, you know, just the contacts we have within the podcast as well. You're always welcome to kind of check up on those notes and check out those people because it's it's a big it's a bigger world than you mm -hmm. think, you know, it's right. just a little underground. For sure. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time. It's very interesting talking to you two finally about this podcast. I'm excited to finish this first season and I'm looking forward to the next one. And that was it from us. I want to thank Ali and the Bushwick Daily for featuring us and collaborating with us in this bonus episode. If you want to support the podcast and stay tuned for the next season, please subscribe and rate Polycurious. It really only takes a few seconds and it helps us a lot. You can also follow us and reach out on Instagram at Polycurious Podcast. You can read the article, as I mentioned, by following the link there or the link in the show notes. Or you can also reach out by email at polycuriouspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you all next year for the launch of our second season.